Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Record Night Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And each night we pull a record off of our shelves based on a theme and talk about them, review them, uh, react to them, most of all just hang out with our bud. And drink beers. Yep, so if you'd like, grab a beer, join us, and yeah, so fun. Uh, today's theme is don't call it a comeback and uh which i think you came up with yeah i did i i, I always try to come up with cute names for this stuff i have a yeah. ton of them in there oh i was gonna send you one earlier oh, yeah. i'll have to we'll I'll remember it. it so um i first off uh i want to encourage anyone who has themes to email us at recognitepod at gmail.com uh we we are off we're taking suggestions as our minds do run out of imagination every now and then yeah <laughs> Plus, we'd, we'd like to do some other stuff, maybe, that catches us off guard. Yeah, um, stuff that would be difficult, challenging. Yeah, you can send it to our email. You can also follow us on Instagram at Record Night Pod. Post it there. You can follow us on Facebook. At Facebook.com slash Record Night. I can't believe we got that. I know. There's there's so many ways you can contact us. and It's not hard to get a hold of us. Yeah. So ten- I'm checking that stuff constantly anyway. Yeah, so today is regular. Don't call it a comeback. And uh, I, here's how I intended because it. They've been here for years. Yeah, they've been here for years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a way I've just, I looked at it is bands either had a really long gap in between records or they broke up and got back together and did records. Right. Like a like an actual comeback. Yeah, like an actual comeback. So, I, I bounced around with the idea of doing, the way I originally interpreted it, mm-hmm. uh, since you wanted to throw a cute little name on it, <laughs> is... I was going to do a comeback album that people were like, please do not call this a comeback because it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there were there were a couple I bounced around. Um, but you, you, these are ones you liked when it comes to comeback record, right? Cause yeah, I eventually just said, you know what, I'm going to do a comeback album. Uh, and I bounced uh, I bounced a few uh, runners-up around. Like, there's a Death Grips one uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that they had broken up i say in yeah. big air quotes because they didn't actually really break up they just dropped out of a tour so they could finish an album <laughs> uh mine was basically come out but i i struggled with a few um and uh i'm gonna throw honorable mentions right now because um yeah i'll like, throw mine in too mine was uh had a couple of them one was uh one was the hard dangers uh little by little if you guys don't know who they are you're not, you're not the only one so <laughs> A lot of people think there was that one record with Flagpole Sitting was in it. Not the case. I don't think anyone knows it was an actual record. I think they just think it was Flagpole Sitting. <laughs> well, it it's a record called Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone. I fucking love that record. Uh-huh. I have since I was in sixth grade, right? <laughs> um, but um, uh, and then uh, they came out with the record in two thousand one, right before nine eleven, called King James Version, which is in my top five favorite records of all time. Um, it shifts in that position, but if anyone asks me, that's the one I probably the. I don't want to say feel guilty about, but the one that makes me makes shows how much of a fucking nerd I am. Right, and uh, people I, are like really Harvey Dangers. Yeah, they're like, oh, you like the Harvey Dangers? They make fun of me and shit like that. Whatever. Harvey um, and the Dangers. And so they broke up uh, after that record, the where King James version, because they won't listen to it except you're truly right. There were like seven people on the rest of the world. I was one of them. <laughs> and then um, then they came out the third record little by little. They broke up, got back together. Did little by little. That's my runner up because um, I love that record. Yeah. And they broke up after that. So. So another way I was going to interpret this. Uh-huh. So there was the one uh, that I didn't want people like ones like please don't call that a comeback. Uh-huh. Which I, for that one I was probably going to do either that really bad Clash album, their last one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Chinese Democracy. Oh the shit. The Guns and Roses yeah, album. Yeah. yeah. That's the one I'm really worried that you might have picked. Oh, it's not that. Oh, thank God. Oh, okay. Good, before good, this, good. you were like, okay, it's a legendary band, and it was like 22 years, and I was like, fuck, I hate I, I want to remind you that I, I like good music. <laughs> <laughs> but they could have been, like, I, Guns N' Roses is one of those bands that, it's kind of widely accepted this is a pretty good band, I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you and I, we're not, like, GNR aren't our thing, right? Like, you don't like any GNR, really. No, right? I'm not really big on, like, I guess sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind yeah. of thing. I think they all just kind of come off as really lame and douchey. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I'm really glad that uh, that we got that out of the way. Yeah. So I was, I was like, "Fuck! Do I really want to sit through Chinese democracy tonight?" <laughs> and I was like, 
No, I really don't. No. Um, and then my other interpretation of don't call it a comeback was just to pick an album. Be like, <laughs> don't, call, don't call it a comeback because it's just a regular release. Man, that, that was really... I, I, I would have liked how clever you were by taking that. I so, think anybody listening to this would have been like, I came here for comeback albums and this motherfucker <laughs> is just playing something that has nothing to do with that. So I did my best to find a beer that... Uh, that signifies my record because I could not find comeback beers okay. unless I wanted to find Groot beer, which is a uh, beer without hops and it's from the medieval times. But now it's coming back. Hey. But uh, I have you... a I have a runner up beer for you. Okay. Although we might have done it, it was one of our earlier episodes. Okay. Fifteen fifty four. The story behind oh, that shit. is they found a old manuscript that had a beer uh-huh. recipe in it. Yeah. From. 1554? Yeah, 1554. I thought I said 1954. <laughs> no, but, uh, that's not that old. <laughs> yeah, but, but from 1554, and they had it come back. But it's already made an appearance on the episode. Okay, so Although yeah. New Belgium, if you want to sponsor. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do All it. All right, reaching back into the fridge. Okay, and so this is called uh, Purple Haze by Abita. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, it's a raspberry ale. Um Blogger. Yeah, why don't you read the back of it? With your beautiful voice, boy. Clouds of resra- <laughs> Clouds of real raspberries swirl in this tart and tantalizing lager, brewed with pilsner and wheat malts along with vanguard hops. Let the scent of berries in this hazy purple brew take your taste buds on a harmonious journey, inspired by the good vibes and free spirit of New Orleans. Okay, so the band's not from New Orleans. I only picked it because the haze part and the, the sort of red part of it. Um, but what's red? What's... You know what? I think this works with the album I brought as well. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Hold on, let me get this shit off. It's not a twist off. You should have brought the, the big heavy duty bottle opener you have upstairs. Oh, yeah, the, the skull hand? Yeah. <laughs> the skeleton hand I got upstairs. Hmm. There's that. Oh, thanks, pal. We'll clink them here. Clink them. Boom. Huh. All right. The raspberries are really, really um, faint in this. Oh, I thought they were pretty prominent. Okay. It's good. They're, no, they're good. It's. Uh... Abita's Louisiana, so. Okay. And that's, you know, I have, you know, I was born there. Oh, you were born in Louisiana? <laughs> yeah, Baton Rouge, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, and so I have family over there, so I go there every so often. Um, Do you speak any Creole? No, but my grandfather just, hit my, my papa, uh-huh. <laughs> as he calls him, he, uh, he uh, is very well, well-versed in Cajun cooking. And his voice just sounds like a Cajun dude. <laughs> oh, come on, but, sure. uh, Oh, beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. That's my so, gambit impression. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead now. I'm going to introduce my record. Do it. So have you... I'm going to actually first say I heard about this band through the band Thursday. Okay. But this band's been around way long in Thursday. And the only reason I, I bought the record in the first place is I saw the, the guitar player of um, of uh, of Thursday wearing their shirt in a promo photo. And this band is called... My Bloody Valentine. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So, you like, do you like My Bloody Valentine? I love My Bloody Valentine. Okay. I've only listened to this album once, though, because I cannot find it oh, streaming yeah. or on vinyl. So, I had to, I actually had to, um, I actually, so this is MBV. This is their third record. Um, everyone knows about Loveless, but I'm going to go through real quick about Loveless. They're an Irish rock band. They are the progenitors of Shoegaze. Like, if yeah. someone says, which is Shoegaze band? You'll be like, oh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, which I, I think they're the best ones too i tried to explore shoegaze a little bit and nobody goes quite as like hard fuzzy and washed out like everyone commits a little bit to it to like here's some funny sounds but my bloody valentine like the cover of loveless looks like what that album by the way i have a red version of the vinyl for loveless that's the most ever spent on vinyl by the way (laughs) but uh Purple Haze, because they're hazy. Right. That's all. That's Album cover's purple. Yeah, so here we go. Um, so My Bloody Valentine, because I don't know, Irish Heart Band started in 1983, but they didn't first their first record until around 89. Uh, fronted by mastermind Kevin Shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys don't know about Loveless, I mean, they did one before that, but I'm all about Loveless, honestly, personally. Yeah, what is that one? Uh, isn't Anything? It, yeah, Isn't Anything. That one's pretty good. Like, they're all, they're all decent, but yeah. I feel like definitive my bloody valentine statement is like loveless like, yeah you're gonna listen to something just 
listen to that. Yeah, and uh, MBV is a but we, Loveless is. A lot of people thought when they got that record on vinyl that their record was warped. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, because he does that, uh, you know, like his guitar playing. The live guitar, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, Explain it. <sighs> okay. Um, well, if you look at Kevin Shields' pedal board, there's like 30 pedals on there. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn, I don't know how to explain it. How would you well, explain it? <laughs> the specific technique for the glide guitar is you basically hold the uh, the tremolo bar, uh-huh. the, the whammy bar, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, and you play at the same time mm-hmm. while kind of holding it. And by like every so often or constantly, actually, yeah. you'll move it in and out of tune. Yeah. So it's always kind of hovering around a note. Yeah. But it's never quite there. It's very. Um, it's like impressionistic mm-hmm. as far as music goes. And this band is noisy. Uh, yeah. yeah, like ugly sounds all throughout it. Um, beautiful also at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, very specifically, I, it's hard to explain My Buddy Valentine to people who haven't heard them. I know a lot of people who dislike My Buddy Valentine. Mm-hmm. I the, can see that. It it feels very much like a, an acquired taste. Okay. So uh, if you guys haven't listened to Loveless, go ahead and listen to Loveless before this. So, so But okay. I do have bad news for you, though. This is definitely not on Spotify. Oh, it isn't. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> or, so you may have to track this down on your own. Yeah. Um, but uh, My Bloody Valentine, this is... The, what happened is they they created Loveless, and the um, rumor is that they bankrupted their label mm-hmm. with making Loveless because Pro Tools wasn't around at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so after that, after they... They had dropped by their label after releasing Loveless. They get signed by Island Records, right? And there's, there's, um, there is rumors that there's over 60 hours of music they delivered to Island that's never going to see the light of day. Jeez. Because they released their MBV 22 years after Loveless on their own, self released it. And, um, it's, it's kind of like Loveless 2.0, right? Yeah, it, from what I remember. Again, yeah. I've only listened to it like once when or twice. When did you listen to it? The day it came out. Oh, oh wait, wait, did did you used to have a copy or how'd you hear it? Uh, I probably downloaded it illegally. <laughs> okay, it, was, yeah. it was during the time when I was doing that. Yeah. Um. So the thing with Loveless, why mm-hmm. it potentially bankrupted a mm-hmm. studio, is because Kevin Shields was so such a perfectionist about the sounds he was doing. Yeah. And the techniques of getting it uh-huh. that way. So he, there's some stuff where it's like, yeah, I could have plugged it in a phaser pedal, but it's not the same right. as like running it through these different amps to get this phaser sound, even though it sounds exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah. So he just kept going over budget because he kept changing how he wanted to do stuff. Also, it took forever. They thought it'd take five days to record. It took like months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the perfectionist for how something sounds, it was really ironic because uh, I was reading that this is around the time it came out that the CD version of this, uh-huh. uh, or was it loveless? I can't remember. It was either this one or loveless mm-hmm. had a digital glitch in it and they oh. did not fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I actually, when this record was announced, that was being released as those, they just said, Oh yeah, here, here's the link for it. They didn't mm-hmm. say when it was coming out. Only thing they knew is, and she'll say, Oh yeah, it's coming out this year. <laughs> he said that so many times about, right. about my play Valentine records. So it came out, the website crashed within four minutes of being announced. <laughs> I kept getting in, like, refreshing the page, and I finally got to it. And I was able to secure a copy of MBV. Damn. And it showed up really late one night at my house. I got home late, and I listened to it over and over again. Yeah, I'm really excited to listen to this again. Because I can't, I can't find it to listen to yeah, anywhere. I feel I feel bad for you guys. Um, if you, I don't know if um you can find it online. Maybe. Yeah. I haven't checked, like... YouTube website. or anything maybe, maybe or can, like you can maybe do like band camp I'm I don't not sure maybe but uh, MVV is really uh, it's really fun rec- well fun uh, it's <laughs> a really good record there's some records that are just that aren't fun right yeah and Loveless and My Bloody Valentine generally not fun it's very heroiny. <laughs> um, yeah I guess the best way to put it but uh, My Bloody Valentine uh, like I said not for everyone but if you like shoegaze this is the band you know, go to. Or as my friend calls it, Shugazi. <laughs> I guess Shugazi. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, came out 2000, I think, oh shit. Let's find out. Let's it should find be out. on the Yeah, it should be it on should the It should be thing. here. Oh, uh, it's I, not here. Oh, uh, 2013? Okay, that sounds right. That sounds right, yeah. Okay, uh, so um, this is uh, My Boy Valentine's MBV. 
or uh, and um, if you guys want to hear it, I I, I just I guess find it somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and if if you're just curious about what my bloody Valentine sounds like, I guess just check out Loveless, or I mean, at least it, even just the very last song of Loveless. Or, but I mean, Loveless has such an iconic intro, but. All of it's good, right? Yeah, it's just the last one happens to be my favorite song. I, I think bet, it's also everyone's favorite song. I bet there's shit on YouTube that you can find mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to hear My Boy Valentine. But this is their um, most recent, and I'm guessing we'll hear another album from them for maybe another 20 years or so. Yeah, another 22 years. <laughs> All right, so that's my. Uh, this is My Boy Valentine's MBV, and uh, uh, we'll see you in a second. Yeah, well, what we do at this point is we pause for about 10 seconds or so give you a chance to cue up the album if you want to listen to it or just sit in silence with us yeah um and then we'll come back and talk about the album Mm -hmm. uh so we will see you soon so that was uh my believe valentine's mbv from 2013 uh, just so you guys know, it can be found on YouTube on the official MVV. Okay, cool. Yeah, so at least it's somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, speaking about being somewhere, what did you think of this record? It took me somewhere. Yeah, it like did. I, I don't know. I I really like this album. It's been what six years since mm-hmm. I've listened to it. Yeah, and it's it's good. I feel like it definitely kind of picks up where uh, Loveless left off and at the same time it doesn't feel like dated no not at all it doesn't feel like it because they started recording it in 1996 god yeah uh i'm sure there's some people listening to this that haven't been born yet you know what i mean oh yeah <clears throat> so yeah but the, there's definitely just like a big uh theme and style on this album of kind of just exploring different sounds oh yeah and trying different things and th- um, this is definitely an album as in like not like a collection of songs but one singular vision oh they yeah. get to listen to the whole thing to appreciate um which are my favorite kinds honestly oh definitely yeah and why we do the show yeah of. i mean i think you'll really like mine then <laughs> all right okay. um yeah well we saying that we'll go sell my song yeah um so uh real quick i want to say to kevin shields he wrote and produced all of it. He okay. had produced the, all the instrumentation, except for when his vocals, which he oh, so he did the drums and stuff uh-huh, too. He did everything. Holy cow! Yeah, because uh, he's perfectionist, and that's the way he is. Uh, but uh, also found out he has mild to extreme tinnitus. Oh, I bet they. I've heard they play their shows just ridiculously loud. Which is see works. That tinnitus. I've, I have. Sometimes it's really bad. Sometimes it's almost not there mm-hmm. but it's never not there right um, but uh, he says he uses it it filters out the unnecessary things <laughs> but uh, I mean that's a positive way to spin it I yeah, guess yeah and uh, he also has tendinitis <laughs> <laughs> so that filters out all the poor playing yeah yeah the unnecessary playing right and um, he, he, he uses a lot of I, I can't imagine someone asking I imagine I'm trying to imagine someone asking my buddy Valentine to play acoustic show. Oh my god. Without you fucking sound like I don't know. Just right. a bunch of just kind of randomly strummed yeah. chords here and there. So let's start with the first one you she found now. And it's kind of it starts out with a ballad kind of. Yeah, I think so. And it, I mean right away you like it's unmistakably my buddy Valentine from the very first strum, right? It's just that it like it hits you. Mm-hmm. With that wall of sound. And that's kind of the theme on this whole album is like he develops this really interesting like sonic background oh, to it, stuff. And then there's there's kind of like a song hidden in it. Yeah. Like it makes it sound more experimental than it is, although it's pretty experimental. Yeah. But I feel like My Bloody Valentine is like listening to a magic eye painting. Yeah. And then like sort of like, backing you can, away. Yeah. yeah, like you can like listen through this wall of sound and there's yeah. stuff kind of hiding back there and it's yeah. really interesting it's um it was very sleepy and beautiful yeah kind of like a dream I guess that's what you put it it's very dream like have it's, like half memories and stuff like yeah. that um well uh, the lyrics don't help with that at all because oh. it's I was reading the lyrics on this and I'm like I'm pretty sure these aren't right yeah like they sound oh, like lyrics I, that, I wrote down how were the lyrics deciphered? Like who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, like, a lot of these just kind of seem like it was somebody listening to it who tried one time to figure out what the lyrics were. Yeah. And was just like, yeah, I think he said that. That being said, 
I've been told that Loveless is about fucking, like that okay. whole record, and I can see like, if it's just it's this was just as sexy, I guess the best way to put it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um, woozy, you know. Um, yeah, and one thing I like about the the like wall of sound that he makes on this one is that like it like pulses. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the beat of it, like it feels just like a super slow like heartbeat. It's really interesting. So. And then we, after that's over, it sort of fades out, and we end up only tomorrow, which is, uh, it's a rock song. It's a rock song for sure. And I, I wrote down my buddy not time about sound. Yeah, not technique really. Um, well, they have techniques, but they're not technical yeah yeah maybe like you're not listening to my bloody valentine for mm-hmm. like six solos and, <laughs> yeah. like perfect arpeggios like yeah. you're listening to it for the whole the sound the whole like, sound together yeah. yeah uh and uh it's it's uh it's probably my favorite song ever honestly it's really to, good if i had to pick a song on here but i uh, like it does you you don't notice after you're so far into the album uh-huh. um just kind of how thick and dense these walls mm-hmm. of sound are, but this one is a really cool technique where, like, he will they'll like stop for like a second mm-hmm. and do something, kind of like everything drops out, and you're like, oh, this is what normal, yeah, <laughs> this is what nor- real life sounds like, and then you just get sucked back into it. One thing that's really good about Only Tomorrow is the, uh, I guess the ending guitar motif that he did for the last two minutes of the song. Uh huh. It's sort of, it felt like a sonic hand. Pulling me and guiding me through. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, I found a boat. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. a schooner. <laughs> yeah, and um, like, not, I say that in the best way possible. But like you said, dense wall. But uh, Kevin Shields find a way finds a way to give you a hand. Yeah, you know, you know like and pull you through because you're you're kind of you're. Not, I'm not lost, but uh, wow, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it feels very like foggy, mm-hmm. like if, like. Try to look at a cloud of smoke. Yeah, like it. It's like listening to that. I don't know. It's such a weird, uh, like sensation experience when you're listening to My Bloody Valentine. It's like you don't really quite know what to listen to or what to look at. And when you do find something to look at, yeah. it's changed. And they have such a specific sound that I feel like if anyone ever tried to make, I'm mean, sure the plenty. They're like, uh, I could just listen to My Bloody Valentine record for one year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're so specific. Um, it. And since he's such a perfectionist, it's like you're not—you're probably not going to get anything that sounds as good. Yeah, they oh, could be yeah. doing the same techniques, but it's missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Kevin was saying back in 1999 that he has a—he had a full record, but he scrapped it because it didn't have a life in it. Is what he okay, said. <laughs> so whatever that means. Right. <laughs> then we move on to when, uh, who sees you. Uh, this is. One of the songs that it has double tracked vocals, uh-huh. uh huh, sinister and sweet, um, but uh, the changes really keep this one interesting because you can hear them coming through. Uh huh, changes like pretty abruptly, um, but again, <laughs> I get I get done the entire saying this, but just just glad guitar like this yeah. whole record is based on that. On well, that I never like. I'm, I get used to it during a song, but I, every time, like, a song will fade out, uh-huh. it's almost like I forget how, like, overwhelming and just dense these walls of sounds are. Like, when this one hit in yeah. this song, like, yeah. I actually, like, laughed a little bit because <laughs> yeah. it was just like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about it. Like, it's... You you know that one's coming, but you never expect it to sound like it's going to sound. Oh, and yeah. And you're yeah. just like, what? Yeah, yeah, the- it kept you on your toes for sure. Yeah, and then this one, uh, it has a really jarring ending where it's just it's, like it just stops and we're done. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's the song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with like getting so used to these big walls of sound, and then all of a sudden there's nothing. Like it feels just like uh, just bottom got pulled out or something. Yeah, like they you open the door in the spaceship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gets sucked out into the vacuum. And then we get to a song called "Is This and Yes," which. Being on a spaceship, very apt because I felt like this is what it sound like. If there was a movie where someone was drifting through space and they like drifted through like a nebula, yeah, this is what I would see while that was happening. And this is the first song that, that you hear keyboards for sure. Oh yeah, there's a lot of synth on here, uh, and uh, it's minimal by the MVV standards. I thought um, mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of simple, 
It's simple, kind of repetitive. Like I thought it could have, like honestly, if they wanted to, if they were lazy, uh-huh. they could. This could have been like a fifty-second filler thing. Like, hey, but, look at this little thing we did. Yeah, but they weren't lazy. They they put it in the right pot. Uh, to me, it's a nice little palate cleanser. Yeah, I yeah. love this song. It's yeah. one of my favorites on here. And uh, it was it was it was like like you said, floating by Nebula, looking yeah. at it, just sort of just drifting away, and then. The song ends and we have to turn the record over. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to... I've already drifted away at that yeah. point, though. And then we're at If I Am. Yeah. I love the drums on this song. They're pretty... Like, they're about as technical as anything gets on this album. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of jazzy, just really cool. And, and then... I guess uh, this is what I was thinking about the songs about fucking. Like, like... Oh, yeah. Songs about fucking, but not fucking. Like, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, I mean... But, like, again... My Bloody Valentine about the sound, not so lyrics. Yeah. So they're one of those bands that uses the vocals as a sonic texture, not necessarily trying to say something. Yeah. Which the uh, It opens with drums only. It mm-hmm. closes with drums only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guitar in this sounds really interesting. Like, almost like it's underwater. Like, if oh, you yeah. were to... If you were to play a, like a cartoon of somebody playing guitar underwater, it would sound like this. Like this, like the what you think a underwater guitar sounds like. Yeah, like waves of it. Sort yeah, of, yeah, splitting, and it's it's a cool song. And then we get uh, to New You, which is probably the poppiest song on the record. I said it sounded like if you said this album doesn't really sound like it's aged or anything yeah. like that or old. I think this one, this song, kind of does. It sounds it, like nineties. It sounds like classic rock. Oh, yeah. Like, there's something to it. Um, and the vocals I, are front and center. And this this is, like, the most traditionally recorded. It's the most clear-sounding. Like, nothing nothing really seems hidden. Yeah, yeah. But, or obscured by anything. There's and that's no... not to say it's a dislike. I don't I dislike the song. I like the song. I like the... Oh, it's great. Yeah, I it's... like the little, like, short drum break before the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the lyrics kick in and the music comes back in. Um, like, it's a good song, but it... This is what it almost kind of like stands out uh-huh. on the album, and I don't know if it stands out in a great way. Like, it's not, I don't dislike the song, yeah. it's not my favorite on here, but it's just kind of like, oh, I was kind of like, I was vibing, and then now, <laughs> yeah. now it just kind of sounds like a normal song, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, after this song, which ends just fine, yeah, we get into another way, which starts out nice and noisy, yeah, it, it sounds like somebody like blaring microtonal reed instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a rock song. It rocks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, definitely it fast. It's fast compared to the other songs we've heard on the record. Um, it had a sound in here. I couldn't quite place that when I was listening, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a bagpipe, but it's like, <laughs> well, maybe it's not a bagpipe. Maybe he's playing something like that on guitar. And I was like, well, it might not be a guitar. Is it like a synth? Like there's something there's in there that's a keyboard in here somewhere, and it, it sounds like it's hitting like bagpipe notes. Yeah, and there 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 is also a way. There's a thing in this that kind of reminds me of a Only Tomorrow, where there's uh-huh. also a a hand to guide you through. Right. Uh, like you get you through, and you're like, okay, I understand. Uh, maybe that's the bagpipe. Maybe it's the bagpipe. Maybe that's what I was hearing. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> it was beautiful. This yeah, <laughs> I like that song a lot. It's a very gauzy. It's um. It's 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 hard to not call this band beautiful. This sounds yeah, like, even though it has, it does kind of have a lot of like ugly, maybe um, like maybe out of tune, but not quite. Like it fits in the stuff, but oh it's yeah, like, it's 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 in between the lines. Yeah, for sure. if you're not if you're not ready for it, or you're not, yeah. I guess, willing to accept it while you're listening to yeah. it, I can understand how this album or my bloody valentine in general is gonna rub you completely the wrong way also i started to think about like how would they put this on sheet music yeah seriously <laughs> like like uh they're a band that's one never gonna fit in the radio no definitely mm-hmm. i don't think you could get quite the same sounds out of like trying to send this through the air <laughs> yeah. it, it lowers the fidelity a bit oh yeah so this i mean uh good song yeah then we get to Nothing Is, which is an instrumental song. One of the weirder, probably the weirdest. I'd say it's the weirdest one. It's a very just short loop of sounds. It's amazing. And it's trancy. Yeah. It, it slowly changes. You hear 
different things kind of here and there throughout it. The slowly changing was what threw us off, like, for a second, because it had been so long since either of us had listened to it. We yeah, were both like, just like, like wait, the... is this skipping? No, it wasn't. It was not skipping. <laughs> uh, it gave me, like, an industrial vibe. Oh, yeah, I got that. It sounded very heavy. Yeah, it was, like, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah I was, I, I, like, as we were looking at each other, like, is it skipping? I wanted to check my record player. It seemed like it was moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I was like, guess the song. And, um, I mean, it was also, it was a good way to introduce the last song on the record. Yeah. Well, this song, um, was it Nothing Is, mm-hmm. uh, this might be a sticking point for some people, I think. Because I feel like, for as experimental as My Bloody Valentine is, this song is straight up just like, here is an experiment. <laughs> I felt like there wasn't too much, like, musical with it. Like, it's yeah. really interesting. Um, it's a loop, for sure. But I could definitely see a lot of people being like, I do not like that one. I I don't think... I think there's a... And a correct me if you think I'm wrong, but, like, you either you either really appreciate My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. or you really don't. I could... Yeah, I, I think you're correct on that. Uh, but part of it is, like, maybe getting it yeah and then also because my bloody valentine i don't think is one of those things at least for me it wasn't like the first time i listened to it i was like this is the best thing i've ever yeah heard. yeah it took it took it, me, t- it took me a couple of it took the acclimation to what you're trying to yeah, get yeah it's kind of like well i listened to it without any background for mm-hmm. it before the first time i listened to it and i was like this is I don't know what I'm listening to. I, I bought Curses Burst and Bloom and Loveless at the same time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I put this on and I'm like, what am I hearing? Like, like, like I really liked it. But, yeah. But I didn't, still didn't know what I was hearing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I knew what I was getting to when I got this record, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've been so acquainted with Loveless and playing uh, Loveless at it, any chance I could at, like, a party or something <laughs> like that. Like, I had people over. And I put on my boy Valentine, and I had one girl go, "Is this my boy Valentine?" I go, "Yes, it is." I was super excited. <laughs> turn and then around. everyone else is just like, "Oh, I think we're gonna go." Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this is weird. You guys are getting all woozy. <laughs> but yeah, so nothing is is it's I guess I guess it's called rock, but it's, it's industrial. Yeah, um, it's it's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then final song, Wonder, Wonder two, two, which is is it the sequel to Wonder? Uh, is there a Wonder One? Uh, I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, so one or two, it's a uh, it's a floating song. It really floats. Um, even with the helicopter sound at the beginning, I felt like this one, uh, that opening part, it sounded like it would be the intro to like a '90s techno song. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just like listening to it, and I was kind of waiting for the <laughs> the techno beat to kick <laughs> off, and then like a muddy, my bloody Valentine song kind of grows out of it. Yeah, it blossoms out of this um this song song. And it's a it's a good song. It's just the, definitely the most chaotic and noisy. Oh, it's up there. The vocals have this weird kind of like reverse echo sound on her side. It sounds like uh uh poltergeist. <laughs> the girls in the TV. Oh yeah, yeah, I get that. And also um really abrupt key changes. Oh yeah. Yeah, like 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 you're like okay, usually you hear a song here in it meanders out of the way, but this one goes it's pretty abrupt from high to low and all that sort of thing yeah and uh i don't know how they fucking got the lyrics out of this one but someone tried yeah <laughs> uh i really like the drums on this one because they stay kind of consistent oh yeah they but do. they just kind of get more distorted and eventually yeah. kind of like just get absorbed into the wall <laughs> of sound and kind of like lose their rhythm a bit although you you can kind of hear them back there playing the same thing. Yeah, and that's how I knew it wasn't skipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because they get so, like, phased out and fuzzed out and stuff, mm-hmm. that it just kind of becomes another texture in it. Oh, yeah, and that's what they're all about, sawing texture. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, as this record ends, it really ties it up. Like, like halfway through, you're not sure how you feel about it, but by the end, you're like, okay, now I can wrap this up, and this is this is the record. Yeah. And um, I w- I'm... Really glad that we appreciate this record. I love this album. I um, thought it was great. It, in, in terms of my boy Valentine records, the three they have, right? It's a uh, loveless. This one then uh, isn't anything. Isn't anything. I think yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah, and that, that, that's my terms of favorite my boy Valentine records. Yeah, I think my uh, ranking is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to to separate this and loveless because everyone you have to compare it, and there's yeah. no way to not compare it. 
the two, uh, especially since everyone has spent 22 years with Loveless. Right. And um, now they get now they get the new one. Yeah, uh, very few people are listening to this one having not having listened to Loveless. Yeah, and so that's hard not to compare. That'd be a fucking weird thing, I think, if mm-hmm. you haven't. Um, so it's like, oh, my boy Valentine, their new record's out. I've never heard him before. I'm by their new one. You're like, and then someone told me like. Uh, buy both of them. Let's start listening. <laughs> this to... bullet for my Valentine album is really weird. <laughs> God damn, I remember that band. Every time I say I like my bloody Valentine, people are like, "Oh, you like that kind of metal?" Like emo. And it's like, N- no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're thinking a bullet for my Valentine. And then they go my chemical romance, all these sort of things. So my bloody Valentine are fucking old as fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're late eighties, man. Uh, get with the program. Yeah, but uh. I mean, to be fair, like one of the like I said, the guitar player in Thursday was wearing a My Bloody Valentine shirt, and that's how I got turned on. To oh, him. really? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, and uh, so that's MBV. I liked that. All right, so my don't call it a comeback. Yes. Uh, this band uh, is in my top five bands of all time. It's probably my second favorite band, okay. honestly, um, because of the album. After this one, um, it is. Oh, come on out! It is hex or printing in the infernal method by Earth. Okay, and so uh, where is this in Earth discography? Like, where is it? Where, where this is the start of their new sound. Okay, so they did. They formed in like very late eighties from the nineties. Um, their first three albums are more or less kind of straight up drone you got their first album that honestly sounds like uh you get kind of some of the wall of sound stuff similar to my bloody valentine okay but it's like only metal guitars there's no drums it's like just a droning distorted guitar in the background and the whole thing kind of sounds like a slayer riff that gets slower and slower and slower it's it's amazing if you like that kind of thing it's Mm -hmm. like my de-stressing album then you get phase three uh, which ironically is their second album, um, <laughs> which is kind of just like little guitar experiments. They're pretty, it's pretty interesting. Then you get Pentastar, which is like almost like their desert rock, stoner rock album. Yeah, it, it has vocals on it. It's really cool. And then that was in '96, and then they just dropped off the face of the earth um, until 2005 when this album came out. Okay. And, and this completely changes their sound. Oh yeah. Uh, he gets a band altogether. He gets a drummer because um, it was originally just Dylan Carlson. Well, this is 180 grams. It? Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. <laughs> um, and then he gets a drummer and percussionist uh, Adrian Davies, mm-hmm. and they make this uh, hex. Hex. Okay. Which completely does away with any sort of distortion. Oh wow. Like okay. it's all just kind of. Reverb Telecaster guitar, uh-huh. still very sparse, but it's got kind of more like a cinematic, jazzy feel to it. Okay. Um, and I think this one's really cool because it's it's got like a western vibe. Okay. And the big inspiration for this one was Blood Meridian. Oh shit! A lot of the album or along a lot of the song titles are uh, quotes for or from. Uh, Blood Meridian. Blood Meridian. Thank and we you. talked about that, right? We, if you read all oh the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the reason I own Blood Meridian <laughs> is because it was like, oh, it's an inspiration for this album. This sounds like a soundtrack to Blood Meridian. Shit. So How have I not listened to this before. <laughs> I think I, I know I've told you about it a couple of times, but I'm yeah, I'm really glad uh, we're listening. So to would it you like tell this. people to listen to read Blood Meridian while listening to this? You can. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Or you. If you listen to this and like the vibe of it, this yeah. is kind of what Blood Meridian is like. Um, that book is, uh, it is flowery. Uh, like the language in that, compared to other Cormac McCarthy stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, it's all just like very old, like cowboy language, yeah. uh, written in a really weird way. Uh, it, It's a dense book, but yeah. it's it's probably... Oh, it's rewarding. It's, it's rewarding. so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... So, but to, so from this, they kind of continued that sound, and have that's actually been the bulk of their career has been from Hex, Bees Made Honey and the Lion Skull, which is probably their most famous one. Huh? Yeah, yeah. As far as far as they go, um, it's my favorite. And then 
Angels of Darkness, Demons of Light 1 and 2. That's two separate albums, Primitive and Deadly, and Full Upon Her Burning Lips. And they've kind of stuck more or less with the sound. This one, I think, is probably their most sparse, their most cinematic. Um, and so you know it's a comeback because of the stylistic change in it? So not only that, but it there's nine years between these. Oh, okay. Like, like yeah, I yeah. said, he just kind of dropped Drop. off the face of the earth, and everyone was just kind of like, uh... <laughs> Okay, and nobody assumed he was coming back. Nobody really knew what was happening, and then they came back with this guy, and I think this portion of their career is better than the part... Actually, yeah, better than the por- their original three albums, yeah. which I... Their first album basically spawned the uh, doom metal genre. Yeah. So, like, it has, like... Godfather of a genre status. So <laughs> yeah. I think that might be their most famous, but I, I think... Kind of like how my believe Valentine are Godfathers of, or Fathers of Shoegaze. Exactly. Yeah. So a very similar uh, kind of thing, but I think this stuff is a lot more interesting, because mm-hmm. uh, it's changing a lot more. Yeah. You've got drums, but they still kind of keep the minimalist, longer song style. Um, and but, even, even the record after is much different than this one, isn't it? Yeah. This one, like I said, this one is super sparse. Like it sounds like you're walking through like a desert with not a lot to see. Uh, just so, is it going to be weird to go from the wall of sound that we just listened to into this? I think so, but they do kind of have a similar vibe. Okay, like I think we're, we're probably going to zone out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no lyrics to look at on this one, so <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just wait. Is it instrumental? Yeah. Cool. All right. I'll yeah. do that. It's sa- like, it sounds like a a movie soundtrack. Okay. You'll see. So, we'll give you 10 seconds or so. Um, So, this is called Earth. It is Earth, Hex, or. No, yeah. Hex or Printing in the Infernal Method. So, we're going to give you 10 seconds, uh, and we'll see you then. Yep. So, that was Hex. Or printing in the infernal method by Earth. All right, man. Uh, what you think? So my first thought after finishing it, that's a guitar record. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's focused almost solely on that, and that's what drives the whole thing. So it uh, brings the brings the drama. Mm-hmm. And so when you told me this was based on Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian, mm-hmm. I put myself in that headspace. Um, it starts out very slow. You hear wind. Forlorn Sounds. Yeah, on uh, Mirage. Mirage. Yeah, the first track. Um, this is very much very much record to um, zone out to. Oh, yeah. Take a walk. Do a Travel through the desert. Travel through the desert. You know, get scared of what's in the distance. Right. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's very... Most of it's very sinister, sinister sounding. Like, there's nothing comfortable about... No, this sounds hard to put. There's nothing like um, twinkly about it. Only in certain parts. Right. (laughs) Yeah, well, the big, uh, I guess the guitar technique on this one is tension and release. Mm -hmm. So he'll rest on kind of these chords that like you almost instinctually want to be like, please, please just resolve the chord. Resolve it. Resolve it. And then he'll... Like it, it waits and then it resolves it. And it just, like even it, kind of slowly, like like me string by string. Yeah, yeah. And it it feels good when it hits that <laughs> note. Like there's a couple of times later on in the album where it's like he's just playing this. He, he'll do it a couple of times where it's like he'll play this riff and he'll play the riff and he'll play the riff and you're like, please, please resolve to something <laughs> nice. Resolve to something nice and then it resolves to just a nice kind of open E and, and, that, like, and that's oh. that's what a lot of post rock is and this this is I, I have a hard time calling this post rock album in my mind yeah it's because uh, it, it's, it's post rock E yeah it's but it's it's so minimalist like um, yeah it's definitely not like your Godspeed or your <laughs> explosions in the sky with yeah. the with the uh, you know uplifting and the, the marching drum beat it's yeah it, this is a very different record um like and it's instrumental, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, after we get out of Mirage, we move into Land of the Some Land of Some, some other, other Order. Well, I like. Sorry, going back to Mirage real quick. Sorry, I yeah. think it's just a great. It's just like a great intro to the album. It's just like, oh yeah, 
this is what you're getting. Mm-hmm. All right, enjoy. <laughs> and then it hops into uh, Land of Some Other Order, which does sound super sinister. Uh, slow, trudging along, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time I thought very soundtracky. I guess was put it. Yeah. <laughs> like very, very film score. Yeah. It. I mean, the whole thing kind of has the pace of actually like riding a horse across the desert at a spe- like a traveling speed. Yeah. So you're not running or anything. You're just kind of. This is, trotting along. This is the first song where I also sort of grows in complexity of other things coming in. Oh yeah, yeah. So it sort of it sort of starts to weave together. Um, this has a very kind of it like meanders, yeah. but never let never get so far off uh-huh. that it sounds random. Right, right. Like what he's honestly none of this sounds random. To me. Yeah, it always sounds s- super planned, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But there's so much space it gives him a chance to maybe add flourishes. Yeah, or different this, ways of doing things. This song is almost like entirely flourishes in the middle part because it's like he'll like quote part of the main riff, but yeah. it's always it's always something different. So like if you listen closely to some of the stuff he's playing, you're just like, wait, that wasn't the same thing he's been playing before. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And uh, after that, we go to the Dire Never Circling Wolves. Um, this. This the, this actually um starts out with you this distant clanging sound. Yeah, the, uh, like a wind chime. A wind chime, yeah. Which shows up on their latest <laughs> album. They went back and found the. They recorded their newest album in the same studio. They recorded this one, and oh, the yeah. wind chimes were still there. And like, <laughs> oh, those wind chimes gotta come back. <laughs> um, so it starts. Like, what I said is waking up with a distant clanging. And then later on in the song, you get this other feeling of maybe the sun's overtaking the person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like it sort of starts to feel like, oh, there's shit's going weird. Um, and this was this is one of those, like, this is a strong, like, tension and release song. Oh, yeah, this, song. Is, this is a song where I got that the most. Especially in a part where you get, like, uh, like the now, 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 Actually, wow. what, what, I, what I wrote about this moves on up halfway through. The song. Mm-hmm. Dylan Carson has a, Dylan Carson has a destination. Has no qualms about taking his time to get there. Yeah, very much. <laughs> um, which is fine by me. Like, like this was. I was never disengaged. Yeah, I was always there. Um, and this also. I mean, like, a, like a lot of this record, very sinister quality. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing I is feel like the judge and the kid are just staring at each other. Yeah, <laughs> got wolves around circling yeah. them. And uh, this song kind of ends suddenly. It does. It does also at some point have like a rattlesnake rattle oh, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. in there. Like yeah. they do a lot of kind of uh, like almost like sound effect folly sounds in yeah. this whole album, which I really like. They kind of remind like it makes everything feel very um, like diegetic. Like it exists in this. Like, oh yeah. It, if you went to this desert, uh-huh. this music would be playing in the <laughs> desert. I don't know. It's really cool. And then we get into uh, what's left in the desert, right? Yeah, which I feel like is like an intro to side two. It is. It we is. got like Mirage being the intro to side and you still, one. And you hear clanking and clanging in this one too. Yeah, you get the wind chimes. And, uh, very, very, mostly just giving an atmosphere before we get to the, the real meat of yeah, side two. This this album just kind of has a couple of these little like, I don't know, mood pieces mm-hmm. scattered about it. And that, that really helps it. Like uh, some people that'll do mood pieces... And it doesn't work. They just wanted to put this stuff in there. This one actually helps set the tone yeah. for what's to come. And uh, it, I really appreciate when artists take the time to do that. And it kind of like it breaks up the monotony a little bit. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. not that this album's monotonous, Mm-mm. but you get. Um, I, I feel like people would probably get a little tired of listening to you. Just got guitar, you got drums, kind of plodding along, yeah. very methodical, and then these kind of give it space to breathe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that brings us to win on the unrectified night. Yeah, uh, which the whole thing is kind of just this very ugly, like ascending notes that then just resolves into these like really strong, like triumphant chords. Yeah, yeah. They got like uh, slide guitar soloing and just. And if there's one thing I can say about this record that elevates it is a slide guitar. The slide guitar, so like it's perfect, and it never comes in sounding cheesy no it sounds always fucking awesome yeah it never sounds like a country song no no well, it does at one point there's uh, one point on the album but that it's at like least it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah it's my favorite it, i mean it's my favorite and part so, 
Uh, we're getting to the, the next song, actually, is my favorite. In Quest and, hey, it's mine, too. In Quest and Consuming Teeth. So it starts out with a uh, cool little flourishes, the guitar, uh-huh. sort of things you don't expect them to do. And then when the slide guitar comes in, that's when I saw us both right down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just like, that's where I called it like the big country lick comes in. You get yeah. that. Oh, shit. Um, oh, no, I forgot how it goes. <laughs> and it's the ending of it like the whole it's sort of it's kind of uplifting yeah. like the person's kind of enjoying the adventure they're on yeah. through this desert and I was too like I was like alright yeah yeah and this is one of the songs it happens a couple times on this album that it'll end on this chord mm-hmm. that I think it, it's in the key somewhere but it's not a chord he played on the entire song yeah but like I don't know if it's meant to like resolve the whole song or what, but it just it feels like they end on these just like weird chords, yeah. and this is one of them. Uh, but it's got awesome slide guitar oh, yeah. soloing, and, and honestly, throughout the rest of the record, it has that yeah. stuff going on. And this song, I think, sounds the most like kind of like what's to come, because uh-huh. it sounds the most like something off of the bees made honey in the lion's skull and yeah. stuff like that, where it, like it all all the instruments kind of come in and build into one thing. And then we get to Rayford, the Felon Wind. Yeah, which is kind of like a... It starts out with a booming drum, right? Yeah, well, this is also the beginning of Side 3. Yeah. There's no intro for Side 3. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like they could have moved the dry lake in front of Rayford, but... So, uh, and here's what I wrote down, because I was trying to write down what the story is. Uh-huh. So, uh, Riff comes in, brings the drunk Rayford character into full view, because this has a really sort of drunks feeling like like slow but but pacing and yeah and but 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 the but the he goes to the surf for about half the song halfway through he adds that slide guitar and reinvigorates the whole riff oh yeah yeah like it, i love when it kicks into that little i'd call it like the chorus i guess uh-huh. and there's hiding in the background somewhere a little banjo yeah. banjo plucking along with like the main guitar riff yeah. and it's like ah yeah you do yeah. that banjo in there like I, like it, for ex- I was really surprised because uh, I, I don't really think about that way, but like you hear that extra stuff that that builds upon that riff that's about to get old, yep. and then it doesn't. You know, it doesn't get old because they have these other things to add into it. Exactly, injecting whatever. Which, if there was any song on this album that a riff would get old, it would be this one because it's literally two chords the entire <laughs> time. It's slide up to a chord, slide down to a chord, slide up to a chord. <laughs> but luckily, they were able to keep it going, which is. An interesting experiment, at, yeah. at the very least. I love this song. Like, I, I love this whole album, but and this then, song has really grown on me through the years. Rayford has? Mm-hmm. And then Rayford sort of bleeds into the dry lake. Yeah, there's no separation yeah, between them. Yeah, it starts them. out with a low drone, uh, dry lake, with the sounds, like I hear this noodling guitar way off in the distance. Yeah, there's some trombone yeah, hiding it, back there. It, it, it sounds like animals, even. Like, there, like, there's, there's, horse, the, there's horse sounds yeah. in there. And there's beasts sounding in the distance, maybe uh-huh. coyotes, yeah. something like that. And uh, I hate to, to um, reference Peter and the Wolf again. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I was getting again. Like, yeah, I have a slow, faraway horses, and I, I, don't, I wonder what's happening. <laughs> it, a lot of it kind of sounds like, if I can remember Blood Meridian, there's a part where he's just wandering across like a dry lake bed with no horse, no nothing like that. Yeah. And he got scared off. Yeah. And that's, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's just, cause the sound of like the droning and the trombone looks, it sounds like, uh, like heat waves. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, Oh weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, that was, that's almost, that's almost kind of like one of those, uh, intro song to the final track. Yeah, it's, it's another mood piece. I yeah. feel like this would have been great as the intro track to side three. Um, tethered, and then we get to Tethered and the Polestar. And this sounds out, it sounds like a Night Sky at the very beginning. It's these very um, s- bright sounds. Yeah. The and, brightest sound you hear in the whole record. Right? Yeah, it's all just like cool little like harmonics. Mm-hmm. This is my second favorite song on the album. Yeah, and this also has great slide, slide guitar through it. Yeah. It really brings the desolate feeling to it. Yeah, and um, the song's almost like a two-parter. You get this little guitar thing that he's playing at the beginning, which almost has like a anthem or a, like a folk song kind of sound to it. Mm-hmm. And then it all kind of kicks in and gets dark halfway through. Uh, it's very foreboding. 
Um, and I, I, this is the first time I was wondering, is there a click track? Because a band comes in near the end, like a full, mm-hmm. a full uh, outfit comes in near the end. And I was like, is there a click track? Because if it is, if it isn't, I mean, either one's impressive to me. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I mean, I've seen them play live and stuff like that, and it's a lot of, like, visual cues. I'm not sure how much of this was recorded live in the studio, but it probably a decent amount of it. Oh, I think yeah. it's probably just, like, and that, and body gesturing. That's the M.O. Of, uh, of Earth, isn't it, with Dylan Carlson? Just sort of coming in, going in and see what they come out with. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, he spends a lot of time writing. <laughs> uh, he plays a lot of guitar. Yeah. So he's, he's got a lot of stuff knocking around, and I want to hear more of it. So, in the... I like this quite a bit. Uh, I see myself actually revisiting it. Yeah, uh, I think Earth is just a super interesting band to explore, because it's... A lot of their later stuff, it's the same kind of makeup it's Mm -hmm. you've got guitar you've got drums and they're playing slow right um but they they have so much like each album is such a distinct flavor Mm -hmm. that it's super interesting to explore and see how far they can take it yeah okay so in your in your uh i know you're a huge earth fan where does this fall in the uh in their uh, discography for uh, it moves around a lot okay so I my favorite is the bees made honey in the lion's skull mm-hmm. my second favorite is earth 2 mm-hmm. um this one's probably a solid third okay alright I think so yeah okay. it's third sometimes it's fourth every time they release a new album it's my new third favorite basically <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so uh alright man um so you know what time it is uh, I believe it is time to draw a new theme. And it's your turn to draw a theme. Heck yeah. So get up that... The most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Dig around. What do we get? I got a bad case of the sads. All right. Uh, interpret that however you want, but it's called yeah, Bad Case of the Sads, and that's our next, uh, next episode will be a... That theme. <laughs> it's gonna be a, a real downer. <laughs> I've got a lot of records I can pick off my shelf for this one. <laughs> I've got a few. I gotta I gotta pare it down and. But I'm gonna, out. I'm gonna give you a hint. None of them are gonna no effects records. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I'm sure you got. They might be Elliot Smith records. Oh, there might be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not like I have a tattoo of, a, of one of his. Yeah, my <laughs> right. arm. Uh, but um, <laughs> so uh. That's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have to search through all the sad records I have because I have a ton of them. Yeah, I typically will try to listen to something. Yeah. Uh, before I come to make sure it's it's actually what I want to bring. So I'm gonna be real sad next week. <laughs> <laughs> Just two sad white guys. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> well, that was a sad song. Yeah. So uh, that's been a preview of next week's yeah. podcast. <laughs> Just us moping. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so what else you got going on besides this podcast? Okay, for the, oh well. Real quick, I do want to bring back. Uh, we would love your suggestions for categories. Oh yes, please. You so can... email us at recordnightpod at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can follow us on Instagram at recordnightpod, or Facebook at just facebook.com/recordnight. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any of those, just throw it, throw a post or a comment under something, just with a theme, and we will add it to. Our paper hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. When, hey, next time we draw something, it might be your category. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, it's going to go straight in the hat once you submit yeah. it. So right. now. Okay. Now. Now what you got going on? I do a weekly podcast called uh, Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do Jelly Tina Movies a week. Um, and uh, we just passed, uh, we're now over 100 episodes. Holy cow. So if you guys want to listen to me and my uh, co-host Neil just talk shit on movies or or, or praise them, you do like them sometimes. I do like them sometimes. <laughs> uh, you can listen to that. Uh, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, movies that don't suck and some that do. You search that in Google or the top thing you find. So. Oh shit! I forgot to mention. Uh, today, the day that we are recording this thing for Earth is Adrian Davies' birthday. Well, happy birthday, Adrian Davies. Yeah, the drummer for Earth. Yeah. Happy happy fucking birthday. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that all the way at the end. But 
I also have a podcast. It's a video game podcast. Okay. Uh, it's called Cool Bandana Guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did our Game of the Year one. It's yeah. up on Spotify. And two volumes, right? Yeah. <laughs> two, two separate episodes. Uh, we've also got... We sometimes do a like a book club type thing, but we're all very busy adults and playing through a video game in a month <laughs> it's is, hard, right? is a lot of work. So how often do you think you do the, the cool and game? Well, we try to do it once a month. Once a month, yeah. Uh, but now it's like once every three months oh, or so. That's, oh, it's like a D&D game. Yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah, you try to use your friends together to play D&D and it's like once every couple months. Yeah, like we, they've, most of us have big boy jobs, yeah. the other of us have school and... And then after that, you have a big job. So. Yep. And then I've got a, an album coming out, hopefully, sometime this month. Oh, yeah. Month. So is this something you mix and all that stuff? Yeah, mix. We're working on some like, clarinet parts. Oh, yeah, you get people in there. Yeah. Adding some stuff in, but I think we are very close. I've heard the test recordings for the clarinet. It sounds yeah. awesome. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear it. Uh, but that's my band, Smell, you with a question, question mark. Yeah. Uh, album's going to be called UFO Knot. UFO Knot, okay. Like UFO and A U T. Yeah. Is it going to be a hyphen or shoot them Just you for now. Yeah. Like a cosmonaut flies you up those. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, that was episode nine of Richter's Night. Right. The uh, uh, Don't Call It a Comeback. Yeah, and next week will be uh, the yeah. Yeah, Bad Kiss of Sads. I'm Chris. I'm Ryan. And we'll see you next time. Later.